Hello, hello, my intelligent rebels. I'm actually with Rick. Hey, hey Rick, what's good up, to see man? You yeah, <laughs> and uh, we are here in San Diego, California, and actually we had a quite a bit of fun, like in the previous days, because oh, we, yeah. we we went to private flight yep. and uh, you organized, we help organize everything. Yep. G4, G4, <laughs> man, and it was the first time I have to say I, I took a private flight. It was really, really awesome. Yeah, uh, and. Um, it's interesting because we just mentioned these like by, by joking like one year ago when we were stuck together at an airport with other people, you know, mm -hmm. other entrepreneurs. And you said, you know, I used to fly private and right. it's awesome. We should do it uh, again. And I, I, it made me curious about your your previous life because now yeah. you're a successful entrepreneur. Yep. You sold your company uh, not a long time ago, your software company for, right. for a good amount of money. Yeah. So you don't have anything to prove to anyone. It, so it's awesome today, but it was not the case for all your entrepreneurial life right. because like most entrepreneurs, you had your struggles. Yep. And you shared something that is really interesting. It's like you almost lose all your money mm -hmm. during the 2001 crisis, right? Yes. So you agreed to talk about that in this interview because yeah. it's, it's so interesting because we mostly only see people talking about their successes mm -hmm. on YouTube. And I think it's really important to, to show also that, yes, it's good to have success, but right. it's usually very difficult to, to have success without having big failures and sometimes big failures. Agreed. So thank you for agreeing to, to, to share yeah, that. It took me 20 years so I could talk about it. Oh, really? Okay. Is, is it the first time you do it uh, on, on the video? Oh, on video, yeah. Wow. Um, okay. Yeah. Okay. Lots of therapy. Lots of therapy, man. Okay. So let's start by uh, what was your business just before the crisis? Well, at that time so in the 90s we had the internet business and uh, we used to call those the go-go days because anything internet was big time right uh, money was flowing you didn't have trouble raising money didn't have any trouble making money and we had a really cool business uh, grew it to, from uh, zero to tens of millions in a very short period of time and uh, and then sold that off I guess it was right around I don't know 99 uh, end of 99 and uh, so you know I thought I'd never have to work again I mean, we were very comfortable. My wife and I were, you know, we got a plane, we had a house on the beach, we had a couple of other homes in the city, uh, cars. I started a car business, uh, started an angel a phone. Car business, oh, my really? Gosh, yeah, newsled.com. Check out my new sled, you know. Oh, okay. <laughs> and, so it was uh, like selling cars yeah, online? Yeah, on the internet, before oh, eBay Motors. Wow. It was just on regular eBay back then. Okay. And uh, and then we yeah, you uh, had the feeling that everything was possible on the internet. Oh right? yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I was I was investing in all these other tech companies, and I started my own angel fund, and and uh, it, the business concepts that I was investing in were quite sound. I mean, digital signatures was one of the companies, you know, not DocuSign, but a competitor to them. And uh, but it didn't matter. I mean, when two thousand late two thousand two thousand one came around, when the crash happened. Um, anything that had the word dot com or tech on it just completely fell to pieces like a house of cards, mm. uh, including all the money that went with that. Right. So I always tell people it's like, I don't know why they call it angel investing, because all of my investments went straight to hell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but it's um, yeah. everyone lo yeah. lost faith immediately yeah. in yeah. the entire industry. You yeah. cannot raise money anymore. Exactly. And, uh, yeah. And uh, the premise of many of the businesses were dependent on that second round of funding, which mm. just wasn't going to come. Mm. Uh, so they couldn't make it. So they basically folded the doors and. Uh, you know, I like to tease. It's like uh, one of the investments I made when they were liquidating all the furniture and everything like that. All I got was a floor lamp 
And I tell wow. people that was a half a million dollar lamp. Because <laughs> really? that's how much I lost out of just that uh, business. Okay. <laughs> All right. So we keep, you know, we kept a few souvenirs. Uh, but, um, but yeah, it was, it was a tough time because, uh, you know, my wife and I had to sell the beach home, which we loved. Wow. Uh, we had to sell all the cars, uh, all the homes in the city, uh, move to a really small home, you know, and, uh, which, you know, that, that by itself is, again, those are material things. It wasn't that big a deal. In fact, I don't think it was the material goods It was that like was, the adventure yeah, that was yeah, going to Yeah, exactly. But, so, uh, but it uh, was the emotional thing. That how was so did hard. you learn about... When did you know for sure that it was... It, you couldn't continue? Well, I'm sure I you think, had hope even after it began. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it was probably summer of 2000 when it was looking like everything was going bad. And we kept throwing bad money after good, or good money after bad. And and uh, kept trying and uh, kept thinking we we're gonna, it's just a small correction we're going to come out of it we'll get the second rounds of funding everything will be fine and uh it just never happened yeah because you, know? you were before the crisis we are sure that you, you will get investors to, oh yeah you know exactly right to the so i was part. like doing all the seed rounds you know the initial investments uh thinking that i was going to be able to cash those out for 5x or 10x the initial investment within one to two years And, uh, and had the crash not happened, it, that probably exactly how it would have turned out. But mm. it was not to be. And uh, so it was, it was a pretty emotional roller coaster because I remember being in Florida on the Gulf of Mexico in our beach home. And we had what we called an estate sale uh, as if somebody had died, you know. Uh -huh. And we opened up the home. People came in and we just started selling furniture and oh, like everything. On, just on the go? Right like, there. Oh, right, wow. And they carried it out of the house right there. Wow. And there. You know, and these are pieces of art and things that we had collected and memories and, you know, obviously not the pictures of, you know, family and those kind of things. But, but does it mean you had debt that you had to pay? No, no. It's just. Uh, you, you had credits or mortgage for, exactly. for your house? We, we, had just, we had just lost so much money uh, that we, we needed to liquidate. Uh, to, for cash, you know, because mm. uh, to, to pay like the, like the for, for the provider, or right? Yeah. Right? Yeah, because at that time, you know, uh, I had this stupid decision that oh, I don't need to work; I can get my money to work for me, and uh, and the investments that I put that money in were, you know, very very high risk, high reward, but very high risk. Like startups. Yeah, and I didn't, um, you know, I didn't spread that risk. So that's one of the things I always tell people now when I'm. Mm. Coaching with them, mm. how to spread risk, how to mitigate risk, how to uh, have a backup plan, which we did not have at the time. Mm. Uh, you know, at that time, you know, I was still very young. Uh, you know, in my 30s, I thought, you know, hey, we could take over the world, right? Yeah. And um, so, anyway, it was tough. It was very tough. But uh, I had a very good partner by my side. She stuck with me through the whole thing. That was uh, a pretty. That's amazing. maybe like it's it's awesome that you know that she went through this and she she. And she's still here, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so she was not there only for your money. <laughs> yeah, and certainly not my looks, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so yeah, she uh, she stuck through it, and uh, and we did okay. And you know, we we weren't you know homeless and out on the street. We just needed to get rid of all the extravagant things, um, and then we just moved into a nice small you know two thousand square foot small home, which is still very big by most people's. Yeah, you know, but, but for you it was like really a downgrade, uh, yeah, yeah, right? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but it actually turned out very good because we had a small child at that time. And uh, we ended up uh, putting in, you know, a regular school, regular kids, regular life. I mean, we went back to living a nice middle class life as opposed to this extravagant, 
you know, what I would call go-go life, uh, <laughs> which uh, is, is probably better suited for, uh, you know, a single guy who <laughs> is traveling the world like my friend here. <laughs> I have a minimalist lifestyle. I'm like very, very low-key, but yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm sure some people enjoy the kind of things. Yeah. And I mean, what I love is like, I don't, when I, I want to buy something, unless it's super expensive, like a jet yeah, plane, right. uh, I, I don't have to look at the price. Exactly. More or less. Exactly. And yeah. it's awesome to have this freedom and yeah. I know, if I want to fly somewhere and I can, I can stay two weeks in a five-star hotel and yeah. not really look at the beer, exactly. which is awesome. Yeah. But so how do, does it feel to, to go from this place yeah. where you have this abundance of money and you can translate it in any kind of things yeah. to an, a place where you have to really look at what yeah. you're spending? And uh, Well, I, I have to give a lot of credit to my upbringing uh, because, you know, we started out with no money as a kid. So, you know, we, were, uh, we weren't like you know, homeless or anything like that, but lower middle class, uh, didn't have a lot of money and, uh, you know, $2 on shoes. We didn't, you know, as opposed to, you know, people spending a hundred dollars on shoes, but it's, uh, it was very, very, um, humbling hmm. to go through that process. I didn't, I was never scared that we were going to go hungry. You know, I could always find a job. I could always create another business. I could always do something. I still had my health, uh, which is everything. Um, yep. but, the emotional trauma and the ego yeah. uh, trauma was probably worse than anything. Huh. There was no physical things that happened to me that were bad. It was just, you know, here and here. Because when you're on top and you have a lot of money, you tend to feel like that you're, uh, you know, you don't have to worry anymore, that you don't have to worry about economic indicators or things of that nature. And you can put yourself in those positions. I just didn't, I didn't know about those things back then. I didn't know how to protect my wealth at that time. You know, we just uh, bought a lot of fun stuff and had a lot of great times. And my wife had a very good statement. She says, uh, you know, even with all of that gone um, and after it was all over and we took stock of our lives, we said, we're just grateful to have a beautiful child, our health and a place over our head. But uh, we had memories. We we did things in those couple of years in our lives that most people never do in their lifetimes. Yeah. So we took and tried to cherish the memories, and we had mm. videos of everything. So we'd watch those and have our own little popcorn parties. And wasn't it a yeah. bit painful to watch the videos? Was it? it was not a bit painful to watch. Um, not with. Well, certainly some of them. You know, we just didn't watch. But you know, we uh, watching our child on the beach play. Uh, watching the waves come in, uh, you know, that that part was, you know, because those moments were so wonderful, mm. the family moments. And, uh, you know, and everybody talks about when they go through tra traumatic experiences like this, that, you know, if you have a family, it's so much easier. And I can attest that's very true. But it could, th that family can also be friends, too. It doesn't have to be blood family. Um, you can have really close friendships that can pull you through those things. And for us, it's the mastermind group, right? right. We no matter how bad things are going, no matter how good things are going, we have a family. We can pick up the phone, yeah. we can type, and we've instant got instant support. And uh, so you've got to have things like yeah, that. Yeah, because we are both part of Jeff Walker Mastermind. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I think you have a mastermind as well. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah. So, um, so building that that uh, friendship and trust even outside of family sometimes is equally as important as having family itself because yeah. your family can't really understand the business no. part and the failure part uh, you know from my wife's perspective it was oh well you can just go get a job no problem 
Okay, but well, for you, it was impossible, right? Well, I'm unemployable. You know, yeah. I, I, I mean, <laughs> I, I dropped out of college in my second year so that I could start a business. You know, congrats, man, like me. <laughs> I know. So, and uh, oh, my mom and dad were mad. It's like five weeks before finals, and I said, "I've had enough of this. We're out of here." You know, <laughs> so, but. Um, but it's you know it's it's amazing. I knew that I'd be able to start over, but it was it was a few years before I could get back into it again. And uh, so, it, what do you do? Well, right now, you know, because we just got through, we built another software company. But and, like just uh, after the first one? No, fell? no, we were. I, I probably took a sabbatical. I don't know for probably eighteen months. You huh. know, and uh, for eighteen months, you didn't have to make money. You had sufficient. Well, no, we had uh, we had just enough money to you know just the essentials. And uh, and so that's what I'm saying. We weren't hurting. We weren't homeless. Uh, yeah, you, but we had to get something going fairly quickly. I mean, even and, though uh, you, you did bad investment, you still had a reserve of 18 months. Uh, we had to borrow some to to make ah, that. Okay. <laughs> and okay. that gets pretty scary because uh -huh. uh, then you know you got to pay that back. Right. And uh, so that's that's not too fun. Um, but then we started another software company. I finally got off my ass and got out of the depression stage. Wait, 18 months yeah. is pretty short, actually. Uh, yeah, that's what I thought. That's not what my wife thought, though. Uh, <laughs> she, yeah. she, that wasn't fast enough. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but um, I mean, some people don't recover at all from these kind of things. Well, and that was kind of scary for me because even though I was working in the other company and we had some new cash coming in, it still wasn't growing and exploding and all those kind of things because I still had all these doubts. I was still dealing with that. Mm. You know, you know, like is tomorrow is it going to happen again? Is the economy going to crash next year? And so I was very careful about everything we did. Very slow on decisions. Hmm. And uh, it's tough to be in a. It's tough to grow a business exponentially when you're constantly afraid. Hmm. Uh, it's, so uh, do you think like this uh, prudence, this cautiousness you you had, uh, were useful to have a, a better business, or was it really uh, slow slowing everything down? What I'll tell you where it was useful uh, yeah. when we sold this business it made me more careful more conservative and a better investor hmm. um, so now I truly so believe did, so the second business you created after the crash was the business you sold a few yes. a few months ago but it took 15 years to build that Wow and you and I were talking about that a few days ago and it's like I if I would not have had that fear if I would have gotten over that fear and just jumped right into the next thing Uh, it probably only took three to five years. Hmm. Uh, so in the end, you think it hurt? It yeah. Blew. Okay. Yeah. It, and by hurt, I mean obviously that you know there's the ego that was hurt, not physical hurt, but um, mm. it hurt the growth of the of the new business uh, by not making decisions quickly enough or not taking on certain projects because of that fear and uh, and that failure. So it's um, it, it it's it's like being stuck in quicksand, you know, mm. and. Uh, And even though you're no longer in the quicksand, you still feel it around you. There's still that claustrophobia that's around you, even though you're not no longer in there. But you have that that memory of that pain and that that feeling, and it's um, it takes a while to get over. It's pretty weird, yeah. Because you know, who would have thought that that was going to happen? You know, it right. was, uh, everybody was supposed to be rich, and it was going to be wonderful and a new weird. And you didn't, you didn't even need a business plan. You didn't yeah, even no. need to make money directly from no. the customers, yeah, right? Exactly. It was like. Make them happy, money comes in. Yeah. <laughs> right. So yeah, it was uh, it was tough, but you know that's the message I would leave with everyone is that um, you know that fear just stops you in your tracks from everything. But um, where it came in handy um, is when we sold this company a couple of years ago, 
Uh, and then we had another windfall. So now we've got cash again, right? Uh -huh. So instead of going out and buying all the extravagant things that we did before, we did nothing. We made very good, safe investments. Uh, I'm a lot older now, so you know, there's uh, once you get on the back nine of the golf course, you've got less holes to play. Yeah. You know, so right. so uh, yeah. What you, you mean is like if tomorrow you are bankrupt again, it will be harder to exactly. recover, right? Exactly. And we have less time. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, there's, yeah. You know, I have less time on this planet than time that I've used. Uh, yeah. So, uh, so it, that starts to really make you think. And um, but uh, so that cautiousness still is there. Uh, but now it has allowed me to, you know, deep dive into learning how to protect those investments and do the correct ones, and not just, you know, anybody that comes up throwing money like I was doing before. So. Hmm. And what is, the, what is the subject of the software company you created, the second one? So the second one, this one we did here, uh, it was a software company for contact centers. So it was, uh, you know, you go into these big enterprise companies and they have customer service people answering the phone and they have screen pops that come up and it tells them what to do and all that. So we were those screen pop software and the telephone software hmm. uh, that, uh, that the big contact centers would use. And, uh, and we had a good ride. We did a good job. That, that same software is still being used today uh, by the company that uh, purchased us. Uh, and uh, so it's, it's going well. And how do you get the idea to do this kind of company where, while you were still like in depression? And, uh... Well, you know, I've done, that was my, what, fifth or sixth software company. So I've done software all my life. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's what's comfortable for me. That You'd call it my swim lane, I guess. And uh, so I knew that I would do software again, and we, um, a couple of contacts that I had from the previous company needed some help, so I started consulting with them, mm -hmm. uh, and that's kind of somehow I made some of the money that kept us going for those few months uh, just through consulting. And uh, then I recognized a problem that they had with their customer service system and rewrote software to help them with that, and then that became the company, it's a customer service software company at that point. Okay. So, yeah, solve one person's problem, and most likely there are other companies or people that have that same problem, so you just can replicate the solution. Hmm. Uh, and that's kind of how, how all businesses should be formed. It's like if you can find one person or one company that you can solve their problem, I'll guarantee you there's a bunch of other people with that exact same thing. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. 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 So replicate the solution. That's how you make, that's how you make success. So Yeah. Yeah. And uh, were there any point during these, uh, eight, these 18 months, or maybe even later, where you thought maybe you could not create any more any any company? There was some there was some ultimate doubts in the very beginning hmm. uh, because we had just got through selling everything, uh, so it's not like I could go to the beach and hang out and meditate because that was all gone, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, but it was um, there was a few months there where I thought I was going to have to go get a job. And you know, I mean, that hurt. That hurt yeah. worse. For most <laughs> entrepreneurs, I'm trying to imagine it would be such a struggle. I know, man. Yeah. For most entrepreneurs, it's just like oh. hell, yeah, hell, living exactly. hell. Yeah, exactly. Just, yeah, I mean, uh, we are so passionate about creating your own adventure and exactly. our path through life that it's like, yeah. It, you know, Man. freedom is one of my most cherished values. Yeah, right. And when I'm, if I'm sitting in an office or a cube for, working for someone else, it's just claustrophobic, you know, it's yeah. awful. That's why I call myself unemployable. Um, and probably most of us do, you know, but, but for the ones that are trying to build a new business or doing something, you know, uh, at night or on weekends while they're still working, um, you know, God bless them because that's even harder trying to do both. 
And I really have a lot of respect for people that do that because, you know, they're getting this done first. They're building a little bit first before they just up and quit. Because many people, they just quit and go right into it with not enough money or capital. And they're gone within six months, you know. Right. Whereas if they build it up first, you know, replace their salary, then they can let this go and, and move forward with it. So I have a lot of respect for those people. It's just, I can't do that. I don't have the strength for that. I can't. Mm. It's it's very painful to think about having yeah. to go get a job. Oh, it is. It is. I mean, so the fear of having to get a job yeah. was stronger than the fear of failure. So that's why I finally built the other yeah. company. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It really seems like it can give us a lot of energy, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and and did you have any um, hard time to raise money for this new uh, adventure? No, 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 zero. We started with zero, uh, bootstrapped everything from scratch. Uh, the so, first, the oh, first you customer. didn't need money. You, you, you just no, no. Well, you know, at that time I could still program. So uh, uh, they don't let me touch code anymore. I, oh, really? I'm, yeah, no. I'm the old guy of the group now. I've okay. risen to my own level of incompetence. Is what oh, they okay. say. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, but at that time, uh, we just again we we worked for that one customer and we solved their problem. And that was about a six month project. And then we took what we did on that six months because we, obviously we had permission to do that. And, uh, and then turn that into a piece of software that we could then go sell to others. So in that six months, there was not a lot of overhead. You know, it was me and one other person. So we didn't have a lot to worry about as far as salaries and office. We didn't even have an office. We right. were doing it all out of our yeah, home. Yeah. So you, yeah. you really started like in a lean startup yeah. way, like yeah. meaning no cost, right? no cost, exactly. no, no nothing. Yeah. That's what, what you want to do when you start. in your home office, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or your garage. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. All right. And uh, the garage was a little... Our garage is a little dirty, so we we okay. you know, we took the study and they, <laughs> all right. So it, it's actually an upgrade for most startups. One of, one of the bedrooms. <laughs> uh, okay, okay. Uh, but um, then after that project, we were able to replicate. But, but, but were you again. excited when you started again? When you were like, yeah, mostly, mostly. But, but, but with this fear, that, with this little thing looking over my shoulder, you know. Do you think you could have survived psychologically to another failure? Um, I don't think I have. I, can, I don't know if I can answer that question. Okay, uh, that's a tough question. That's mm. a good question. Mm. I'll need to meditate on that one. <laughs> uh, yeah, but it's um, you always have that thing on your shoulder that's like you know you shouldn't be here. Why are you doing this? You're going to fail again. So I mean, this little internal stupid voice I call it mm. that we all fight on a daily. You know, as an entrepreneur, you fight that every day. Mm. And uh, you know, now when I talk to entrepreneurs, I say you just got to you got to push through that. And uh, there was a guy that was teaching me, one of my mentors from years ago, he said, you got to get past the suck, you know? <laughs> and I love that because it's, you know, life sucks sometimes, business sucks sometimes, mm. customers suck I sometimes. I love this quote, <laughs> like, you have to pass through the suck. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and you just have to plow through it. Yeah. Um, I don't think you can translate it in French like that. Right, so I know. You'll have it to seems very English. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. You'll have, you'll have to come up with some yeah, yeah. combination that'll be good. But... Um, if you don't, I mean, because we all have that fear. Absolutely, yeah. It doesn't matter what we're doing, how successful we are. That mm. thing is always there, um, that, that possibility just, but that has to turn into a motivation, you know, the, the motivation, but not something that consumes you. So it consumed me for months, and which is why I think it took so long for us to grow. Mm. Once I got a few customers going and it looked like this could be successful, I was then able to let go of the fear and then be exciting. And, and you could tell it in sales. 
Because when you're talking to customers, they can smell that fear, right? Mm. I, I really believe one of the reasons we got that first customer is because they were people that we had worked with before and they knew us. Mm. Uh, so Otherwise, you would think I, I they would think have... I, yeah, yeah, I don't think I could go in blind to somebody I didn't know, mm. uh, at least not for at that moment in time. Uh, because customers smell that. You can't, be, you can't show that you're afraid. No. You know, you have to just... No, you have to be overconfident, yeah. I mean, to show that. Exactly. They wouldn't want to do business with a company they think will not be there exactly. in six months, right? Exactly, so, yeah. right, right. You know, and even in, 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 it's funny you mentioned it, that, and I'm glad you said that, because I had some customers, in, you know, in the first year mm -hmm. that were a little worried about, the, but they were totally willing to do business with us because at that time we had so much confidence in our solution and our confidence of where we were going to be mm. um you know, they didn't care they just wanted that the solution was so good they needed it and mm. they wanted it mm. uh, so the thought process of how long is that company going to be there was down lower on the list because of the confidence we were able to build in the sales process once we got over the fear right. actually me <laughs> yeah your partner was uh yeah he was he was fine i mean uh he, he was the same yeah. partner with other uh, no no uh, it, was a new, it was a new partner uh, so that maybe on. that's why too he yeah. was fine he didn't you know this uh, he had a it was a single guy no family didn't so have any overhead he could yeah. lose everything yeah. and not Nothing fly. to lose yeah. right yeah, yeah. so So did that help you, this, this energy? Yes, yes, it did, because I was able to, um, you know, neither one of us could pay that much, you know, for salary in the beginning. We know how that is. You don't, when you're first starting out, you don't pay yourself at all sometimes. You're usually paying to work there. <laughs> And, um, you know, so because he was in that position in life, he didn't need a lot of money at the beginning either. And then as we got more money, we paid each other, you know, bigger salaries as we were able to do that. So, hmm. and then... He passed away right in the middle of the of the project, like really? a few years later. Huh. Uh, 44 years old, you know, from a heart attack. God hmm. bless him. And uh, wow. And so we had to keep going without him. We and we did. We were we had enough going on at that time and enough employees at that time to make it work. But you know, like, I really miss him to this day. Wow. And I would have liked for him to have been involved in, in the, the selling. Sale. Yeah. 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 Because yeah. he would have done really well. Uh, but the good news is. Uh, Uh, we kept his shares and uh, his mom, and uh, we were able to take care of her after the sale. Oh, know, that's her cool. A nice thing. So All that right. was nice. Yeah. You so that felt that. good. Yeah, yeah, that felt really good to be able to do that. So, mm. but yeah, it's a quite yeah, a ride. Yeah, it's it's really can be tough at times. And if there's people out there that are watching us have this conversation, they're either going through that or are afraid to go through that. You know, I, I hope that there's something that we say that, you know, will guide them yeah. or help them get over that fear. Guys, I mean, if, we are, if you are still here, it means you are really motivated by the story. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, yeah, just know that it's quite common to have struggles as an entrepreneur. Yep. Uh, I mean, not, not everyone like lose everything, but it yeah. can happen. And I mean, <laughs> some people like Steve Jobs, you can get fired from your own company. Right, exactly. <laughs> And it's like the worst, right? Yeah, exactly. It's like not only you, you created a business, uh, uh, your yeah. like, ego is like... Oh, uh, he created an entire industry. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. And, right. and it still was fired. So yeah. yeah, and probably yeah. probably for good reasons. Yeah, yeah. Probably at the time. Yeah. And, and again, that turned out to be fantastic because when he came back, he yeah. came back stronger better yes, wiser wiser and uh and i think that's where the failure comes in you know if, if failure does have a purpose it is it does create wisdom mm. um or it's supposed to anyway <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. You think, i think it's like it's a case for in you business, right it definitely did that yeah. um you know i still do stupid things like doom buggy racing and 
Like what? Dune buggy racing, things okay. that, you know, now, now I'm doing things to, you know, that are where I hurt myself, but it's, uh, I, have, I still like having a good time. And uh, I should probably have more fear when I'm out racing than I Okay. <laughs> but it's, uh, it's a lot of fun. And you mentioned at the beginning that uh, it's the first time you're speaking about it in a, in a video, yeah. and you had to do therapy. Was it a joke, or did you really? No, no, we tried it, and uh, you know, to me, and you know, if if you're a therapist listening to this, I'm going to apologize right now. But talk therapy was worthless to me, really, because you sit on the stupid couch, you tell them your problems, and then all they do is start asking these questions because that's the way they're trained with traditional, you know, I guess yeah. 1950s didn't work for you. No, yeah. no, all they did is piss me off. <laughs> Okay. Um, you know, so I didn't do that anymore. And uh, I think probably the best therapy are two things. If you have a family, you immerse yourself in the family, spending time with them, because those are people that love you no matter what, you know, even if you are a failure. And, uh, and then you immerse yourself in the next idea. Hmm. And, you know, how are you going to get back up on your feet and uh, do it right the next time? And th th that's the best therapy, you know, it really is. Some people can do better, you know, with talk therapy. That's great. And there's other now today. There's much more accepted alternative styles uh, that are uh, much more successful. But you know, this was 20 years ago, so yeah, I didn't didn't like the technology back then. No? Okay. <laughs> but all so. right. Well, thank you for sharing uh, all of these. Do you have a last advice you would like to share for maybe some people who are struggling actually when yeah. they're watching the video? Yeah. Yeah, if you're at that stage, well, it depends. If, if, if you're in the middle of a business that's struggling and that fear voice is starting to get louder than the desire for success voice, then, you know, really do some inside work. You know, do something, you know, let that voice talk, but then, you know, talk back and really start planning about how you can uh, make the business successful, get different customers, think of alternative ways of income so that, that voice gets smaller and smaller. Mm. Uh, if you're watching this and you just failed miserably and you're sitting on your couch and you're about to drink yourself to death or something, you know, <laughs> uh, get up off the couch, uh, start writing uh, creative journals, doing something, uh, get outside, get sunshine, spend time with people mm. and uh, do something to break the cycle. Exactly. Yeah. Do some bad thoughts. And stop uh... the self-pity because yeah. it, it's a vicious, deep quicksand type hole hmm. the more you struggle the deeper you go and uh and you got to just get out of that part you know and uh and even if you have to go get a job to make it through that process um that's okay too there's nothing wrong with that you just know that that's temporary and right. that's going to help you put food on the table and keep your responsibilities going uh until that next piece comes along so hmm. awesome yeah. awesome yep. Well, 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 my intelligent rebels. Thank you for listening. You are still here, which means you are part of the 15%, the 10%, the 5%, maybe the 2% of people who manage to listen until the end. So you are part of the most motivated listeners. Thank you for this and congrats. Now, would you like to share the love about this podcast if you like it? If yes, feel free to leave a review on your favorite podcast platform like iTunes or Spotify. It will mean the world for me because it will motivate me to continue to create content to help you create your own adventure in life. And it will help spread the word and reach more intelligent rebels and help them also create their own adventure in life. Thank you in advance if you do it and see you soon. Bye-bye.